0: Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my latest podcast episode, I explained how the future of biohacking looks less like a Terminator movie and more like everyday pursuits of self-improvement. But before we get started, I would love if you took 47 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Who doesn't enjoy a trick, shortcut, or innovative method for accomplishing familiar tasks more easily and efficiently, right? Wow these types of like life hacks are heralded throughout society, its fraternal twin known as biohacking seems like a strange cult-like mix of amateur DIY medicine and things you'd read in a futuristic sci-fi novel. I think perception and reality aren't matching up around biohacking, and it's time for a much-needed rebrand. The term biohacking has skyrocketed in popularity and recognition over the past handful of years. Even if you aren't familiar with the dizzying range of its definitions, there's a good chance you've encountered some version of biohacking in your daily life. Maybe you've seen someone in your office putting butter in their coffee, or you've seen an uptick of influencers you follow online doing morning cold plunges, or you talked to a friend recently over the holidays that started intermittent fasting. The list can go on and on, but biohacking is any practice that changes the structure or function of the body. While that broad definition is sufficient, it leaves too much to the imagination, and that's maybe the problem. I'm not sure anyone can really pinpoint the origin of biohacking, though the term has been around since the late 1980s. The modern DIY biology movement that started in the mid-2000s seems to have been birthed from the 90s computer hacker era principles of radical access to technology and autonomy of information. In the same vein, why should scientific knowledge be gatekept, right? That ethos led to a rise in popularity of doing science outside of academia that started to happen in the late 2000s. But maybe that's also where the perception reality of biohacking started to get distorted for the common person. In a traditional, like, academic environment, science experimentation on humans requires review and approval from many layers of bureaucracy. Since biohacking is done on oneself, it doesn't need to go through the same red tape. That means experiments can happen at a very fast pace. Whether it's genetic, surgical, medical, whatever, biohacking was pushing boundaries, and in an attention economy, Who loves brazenness that can cut through the noise? Media companies. They started to place the spotlight on the most extreme biohacking stories. If someone was injecting themselves with CRISPR over Facebook Live, the media would be happy to share the oddity of that story. If someone was inserting RFID chips under their skin the media knew it would garner clicks. If someone was injecting chemical compounds into their eyes to achieve night vision, that was a story that didn't even need a clickbait title to gain extra attention. These stories, which are the minority, made biohacking look more bizarre than useful. It doesn't help that the biohacking movement has really like tons of these subcultures like grinders or immortalists or transhumanists and even those advocating a return to a primal state. Depending on which of those subcultures you ask, you'll get a different definition of what biohacking is. But how about we try on the one that I prefer, I explain biohacking as making small, incremental diet or lifestyle changes to achieve modest improvements in your health and well-being. By that broad definition, biohacking seems like a recognizable pursuit, right? While the media likes to sensationalize the extreme actions of a select group of biohackers, I've scrolled through many biohacking forums and subreddits and followed prominent biohackers across their social media platforms and noticed almost all of them are trying to solve very familiar problems. Biohackers want to get more and higher quality sleep. They want to perform better at work. They'd like to lose weight or maybe gain strength or reduce their risk to things like cardiovascular disease. Biohackers are trying to prevent or manage mental health issues like depression. So if Biohacking comes down to something that we can all relate to. Why hasn't the movement exploded in popularity? Well, just like in the earliest phases of the DIY biology 15 or so years ago, the word biohacking itself is a turnoff. But instead of turning off the science community, this time it's rubbing the everyday wellness minded consumer the wrong way. That's why I think biohacking needs a rebrand for it to be a commercially valuable movement. For many years, I've referred to the desire to feel better, perform better, and really just to kind of see how far one can push the human body as an individual that's pursuing a high-performance lifestyle. It wasn't until a recent conversation with my friend Matt Titwell, which is also the CEO of Compound Solutions that I learned he has been calling the mainstreaming effect of the biohacking movement the best self-consumer cohort. I liked the simplicity of that term, so I'm going to rebrand my own rebrand and use it going forward. The best self-movement is a broader yet direct approach to the wellness culture that doesn't assume one size fits all. It's the consumer that simply wants to be better each day. The best self caters to the whole self, and these individuals want real solutions when it comes to things like healthy sleep cycles, getting adequate hydration, eating nutrient dense foods, and consuming wellness supplements. Now in the same sense when alternative medicine that works just becomes medicine, when biohacking practices work, they just become best self stuff we do. There's plenty of these like age old best self techniques like meditation that I could list, but I'm a CPG strategist. What do you say we jump over to that sector for the final part of this content? Now there's a handful of best self pursuits that align well with CPG product categories. Interestingly though, the opportunity is open to a greater degree of food, beverage, and nutritional supplement markets than you might think. It's really not just a functional CPG thing. This is because a major best self technique revolves around following a diet protocol. Whether someone, for example, is looking to lose weight or maybe improve digestive health, maybe even gain more strength or boost their longevity, they have countless nutrition ideologies to utilize, such as following intermittent fasting, a low FODMAP diet, or even the popular ketogenic diet. That means there's a ton of commercialization opportunities within almost every category of packaged food, beverage, and nutritional supplements if you can appeal to and align with these different diet tribes. Moreover, and I know it's still super early in the personalized nutrition world, but pay attention to how a biohacking type known as NutriGenomics, which really is just looking at how different nutrients affect how you feel, think, and behave, makes inroads into the mainstream society over the next decade. Now, to get a layer deeper on specific products, and I'm only going to cover really one, because honestly, I could go through tons of condition-specific best-sell pursuits, get into the weeds, and make this content way too long. But I want to at least talk about the most widely used best-sell CPG consumption behavior, which is drinking caffeine. When we are talking CPG, caffeine consumption comes mostly in the form of coffee at home, RTD coffees energy drinks, and energy powders. These all compete at the end of the day with a consumer's interest in consuming caffeine to get a boost of energy and improve their productivity. But it's not even that simple. If we even get layers deeper, as Dave Asprey would tell you to drink bulletproof coffee or just kind of coffee with butter in it, and maybe Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss would tell you to add mushroom extract powders to your coffee. And since I talked already about Matt Titlow earlier, and I stole his terminology of best self. I would be remiss to not also mention how a recent study suggests two patented ingredients that Compound Solutions represents and distributes, tea cream and dynamine, amplifies the efficacy of caffeine while minimizing adverse or undesirable effects. So I'll leave the link in the content description if you are interested in checking that out. But I just want to end on some quick final thoughts. While the future of biohacking might one day have us resembling cyborgs, that would be closer to the Z on the A to Z spectrum. Right now, Shelly from Ohio isn't thinking about all those sci-fi distractions in her pursuit of best self. Today's opportunity is targeting the best self-consumers that are looking at real problems or highlighting real goals and interested in finding real solutions.